Hi, this is Serena Catania, the host of OWC Radio, and I'm sharing something special with you today. It is a recording to a theater in Chicago with one of the high schools that we are sponsoring through the High School Media Collective, HSMC for short. It's sponsored by Black Magic Design, my company Catania Studios, Catalyst, Story Road, the TV Academy, and Lumberjack System. And we are sharing it with you today because we think you might really enjoy it. So in a few moments, you're going to hear from Maxim Jago about creativity. It's time for OWC Radio, Tech Talk with Creatives, conversations with host Serena Catania. Maxim Jago is with us today. I think you can see him here. He's a dear friend. We've known each other for years, gone through production ups and downs. I've seen him at many, many, many times at NAB when he's been presenting for major companies. He wrote the preeminent book on Premiere Pro in his distant past, still does a lot of that tech evangelism. And I have connected with him in the last few years over his creativity conferences, which happen all over the world. And in fact, there's another one coming up that I hope you guys will get involved in. So Maxim, welcome, welcome, welcome. You are always welcome. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for having me. So tell them just briefly what the the creativity conferences are. And then I want to jump right into a question for you. I'd like you to define creativity. Um, well, I, I was promising Serena before we started that I, I'm going to tell my favorite dad joke. I'm going to give it to you right now. And this is This is going <laughs> to win you prizes. This is going to get you invites to parties. Here it is. How many tickles does it take to tickle an octopus? <laughs> Tentacles. You're welcome. You're welcome. That's, yeah, that's my gift to you. Okay, okay, you're um, fired. So the, so the background to the creativity conference is that I'm uh, so I'm a filmmaker and a futurist and an author. I I still actually, Serena, I still actually write the official Premiere Pro book. So if any of you study editing with Adobe Premiere Pro, um, the next one's due out, and I I update that every year. I directed about thirty short films, worked on sixty, directed a couple of feature films. I have a slate of feature films coming up. And I've been keynote speaking, which just means big talks at conferences for a really long time. And I noticed that when I went to conferences as a speaker, I usually couldn't really be bothered to attend other sessions except to heckle my friends uh, or give them moral support or tell them new dad jokes to share. So I I started wondering, well, what kind of conference would I, would I pay to go to? Well, what kind of conference would I choose to go to? And I came up with the idea for the creativity conference. And the thing about the creativity conference is that we're looking for what creativity is. We're not looking for a specific kind of creativity. So I'm a photographer, I'm an actor. Actually, Serena persuaded me to to record a video of me as James Bond to see if I could uh, throw my hat in the ring for the role. All right. Uh, we we have to take a poll right now. Right now with you guys in the theater. Don't you think Maxim would make the next, the great James Bond? I mean, I worked on four I of will, those movies. And I can tell you, I think he'd make a great James Bond. I will send you all chocolate. Hands up. I want to see any of you who think he'd make it. There you go. We've got oh, the votes. Goodness. And we have that Bless on camera. You. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay, keep going. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm running all these conferences. I'm speaking. I'm a, I'm a filmmaker. I'm also, as a futurist, I'm consulting for loads of companies on new and emerging technology. And that could be artificial intelligence. It could be 
new ways for money to work. It could be autonomous robotics, self-driving cars, new textiles to make clothes from. It's all about what's coming in the future. And without distracting this conversation too much, I want to tell you that, you know, officially putting my futurist hat on, the future is amazing. Don't believe the hype. The media is always describing the future as this post-apocalyptic, terrifying world. And that's because it's traumatic and it makes for exciting movies. But if you really do your research and you look into what's actually happening in the world today, the real information, it's amazing. We're changing the way money works. We're cleaning up the environment where, oh, we seem to have lost the theater there. I hope we still have them. Richard, talk to me. Did we lose you? Wait, wait, we have Robert. Oh, they're still there. Okay. <laughs> I think the internet wow. went out for a second. Internet, That's okay. Oh second. my gosh. So up, can you hear me? Hands up if you can hear. Silence. No. Yes. Okay. So we've got um, robots are going to start doing lots of the work. We've got new forms of creativity. There's the metaverse. There's new ways of interacting. And uh, we're, did you know we can 3D print some replacement internal organs now? Did you know that we basically cured cancer? Wow. Like we're fixing all this stuff. And uh, now I have a really obtuse French new wave image of the screen. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on, Robert, with your... Just so that you guys know camera. what's happening is that within the Zoom box, we have one box that is actually the the uh, the theater, and that's how we knew we lost internet a minute ago. And you guys are learning how to live feed, so this is a great thing for you to talk about later. Anyway, Maxim, yeah. keep okay. going. You are so, awesome. So the thing with creativity is that I started to think about what's really important in the future, what's really important in life. You know, when you're at a stage, you're all high schoolers, right? So, um, although Robert, I have to ask, if you have a way to switch the camera back, it would be awesome. Uh, so I can see the audience instead of myself. Although, oh, there we go, nailed it, okay. So thank you. So I, st I started to think about what creativity is and essentially, uh, actually, let me save that for one second. Let me tell you what the conference is. So the conference is completely free, it's online, it's using Zoom pretty much like this. So it's Zoom meetings, but you can do a thing on Zoom where you can have up to 5,000 people in a Zoom meeting. It's crazy. You sign up in seconds. The website is creativityconference.is. I'm sure Serena could share that with you. And it's uh, we have 75 speakers talking about what on earth creativity is and what to do about it. And they're uh, going to do 150 sessions. And Dell have given us a really nice, it's like a three and a half thousand dollar laptop as a raffle prize for anyone who signs up, you get put into the raffle automatically. And uh, we've got the head of media at NASA, Bob Jacobs is gonna talk. We've got the architect of the Hyperloop stations. We have a performance poet, a fine artist, an acting coach. We've got several musicians, several photographers. They're all amazing people talking about why they became creatives. But uh, so do sign up. It's the first week of August. It's going to be great fun. Now, uh, and also if anyone's into making films, Boris Effects have given us a complete suite of their um, special effects software as a raffle prize as well. We haven't announced that yet. So you're, you're hearing it here first. So we've got this cornucopia of creativity. But at the conference, we don't talk about Technology, techniques, workflows, business skills, branding, marketing, social issues, legal stuff. None of that stuff that you could just get on a YouTube video or a PDF downloaded. 
what we talk about is joy. And this is really important when you're thinking about what you want to do in your life, what you want to change in the world. When I was about your age, I read in a book that the secret of life is to find out what you love and to do that. And I've never heard better advice, but because, you know, you can always make money from doing whatever you're doing. Don't worry about that. Every day you're going to get up in the morning and you're going to do some stuff and then you're going to go to sleep again. And hopefully the stuff that you do is going to be enjoyable, like you're going to like the stuff that you do. But the problem is, how do you find out what you love? And I'm going to give you two uh, two kind of bits, bits of guidance in this direction that I hope you'll find helpful. I found this stuff helpful. The first is that, that you're going to find, you know, right now you're probably all pretty much at an age where you're beginning to feel like, right, I get it. Ice cream is good on a summer's day. If you like drinking tea like I do, the hot water has to go in. To, it's got to be boiling, not boiled. It's got to be boiling water not boiled at some point in the past. It's got to be hot. You've got to have, you know, you learn some basic lessons about life. And I've got to warn you now that you're never going to stop learning new stuff about life. Do you know, about six months ago, actually about a year ago, I was putting toothpaste on my toothbrush and the physics was just exactly, exactly the physics to flick a tiny bit of toothpaste into my eye, straight into my eye from my toothbrush. And I was half laughing, half crying, because I was thinking, that's amazing. How is it that I'm in my 40s and I've never flicked toothpaste in my eye when I was putting toothpaste, toothpaste on my toothbrush? Even now, there's new things I've learned. Don't have your toothbrush too close to your face when you're putting the toothpaste on the toothbrush. Like, who would have thought it? So you're constantly going to learn new stuff. But essentially, as you have experiences... And by experiences, I mean anything that you are aware that you're doing or experiencing. Right? If you're not aware of it, well, we can have a philosophical debate. I just wrote my first philosophy book. It's called How to Be. It's going to come out soon, I hope. And it starts off with how you know you exist. But pretty much you're going to have experiences. And there's going to be one of two ways that you feel when you're having experiences. You're either going to feel brought to life by it. Like you could do this all day. You could go without sleep. You could go without food. You can't believe that you get to do this. That stuff that brings you to life is a really good indication of who you are. And there's other experiences you're going to have that just make you feel dead inside. They make you feel like you want to go to sleep. You just can't think. Your brain won't do the braining. Like you just don't want to do it. And it makes you feel kind of empty and lifeless and without any energy inside. That's probably an indication of who you are not. Now, there's no judgment, right? I'm not talking about right or wrong or whether it's acceptable or unacceptable. And there are some social rules. So randomly slapping strange people in the street, probably not a good idea. Like, however you feel about it, probably not a good idea. Probably not going to work out too well for you. Uh, you know, stealing candy from babies, probably not a good idea. Even if it tastes nice, probably a bad idea. But broadly speaking, you're going to find, for example, that you really like being with large groups of people. Or you much prefer being alone in a library with a book. Or you would love to lie on a beach or go for a hike in the countryside. Or you like to draw and you love to draw. Or you love talking to people and finding out who they are. Or you like building things with your hands. Here's an interesting tidbit. In India, uh, some of you might have heard of the caste system in India. Hands up if anyone's heard of the caste system, right? 
it's pretty controversial these days because it's, it's like a hierarchy, a social hierarchy thing in India. Turns out that the caste system was never meant to work that way. Originally, the way the caste system worked is when kids were little, like five, six years old, the elders in the community would have a chat with the kid and find out what kind of stuff the kid liked to do and would give them opportunities that were in tune with their character, with their nature. Some people are just really great at being managers. Like my niece, I think might one day be the president of the world. She just, she, there's just some people that tell you to do things. You're like, okay, I'll go. Okay. I don't know why I'm doing it, but I'm going to do it. You know, that, yeah. And those kinds of people are wonderful at being leaders. And some people, you know, you just want to, you just want to listen to them tell a story. Has anyone heard of a bard, B-A-R-D? You've heard of Shakespeare, the bard, right? Yes. I've been in a few Shakespeare plays. It's great fun. If you get the chance, I really recommend it. So a bard was somebody who would travel from village to village and town to town, and they would earn their keep by telling stories. Sometimes they would have an instrument like a, a flute or, a, or even a harp if they were really rich or a guitar of some kind of lute, but they would accompany their stories and people would pay them to tell them stories. Amazing. And so now as time moves on as a filmmaker, I would say that filmmakers, and if you're interested in the metaverse and VR and XR and AR, I work, I work in that field a bit too. We are the bards of the modern age. We tell stories and we change people's lives. Could be that you're a teacher, but whatever it is that brings you to life, super pay attention to that. Like really pay attention to it. And I'm not talking about jobs. I'm talking about occupations. Do you like going for a ride on a bicycle? Do you love eating? Do you like cooking? Experiences that you can have teach you who you are. So then you can find out what you love by trying out new experiences and seeing how you feel about those experiences. That's how you discover your priorities, by seeing how you feel when you have an experience, when you do something. But then, you know, I believe that at, the, at a really basic level, the fulfillment of our potential as people in one way or another is in the service of others. Now, being in the service of other people, trying to help them be happier and more fulfilled and fulfill their potential is not the same as letting people use you. If you let people boss you around and tell you what to do, that's not the same thing as choosing to help people. It's important to be clear about the difference. But as you gradually learn who you are from the experiences that make you feel alive, like really alive, you're probably going to learn what you're good at. And what you're good at will be something that you can do with other people. Everything that we do that really has an impact is always, always, always teamwork. And if anybody ever tells you, no, I'm a loner, I do everything on my own, ask them how they made that chair they're sitting on or how they generated that electricity that they plugged their laptop into. Ask them how they got their ophthalmy, is that ophthalmy? Ophthalmology? Ophthalmology. How did they get their ophthalmology degree to make the glasses that they're wearing? Nah, it's always teamwork. We just don't always see the team. So my definition to answer Serena's question right at the beginning, my definition of creativity is not painting a picture or performing a dance, choreography, poetry, or whatever. All of those things are outputs of creativity. My definition of creativity is any intentional decision. Anytime 
you do this three things that you have to consider if you really want to be alive, not just experiencing life happening to you, but living as a verb, living as in a doing thing. One, perceive things, take in what's going on around you. Here's a crazy thought. If I were to ask you to describe exactly what's going on around you right now in every imaginable detail, you would fail. It is impossible for you to take in everything that's happening right now. Our brains can do like five to seven things at most at once, and then we're done. Hmm. Imagine trying to work out how the entire world works. Forget it. You can't do it. There's too much stuff going on. It's too complicated. Nobody can. Nobody can. But you've got your perception. You can take information in. And then you have what's called volition. That's your capacity to make decisions. So my definition of creativity is any intentional decision. So you decide, I'm going to have ice cream for lunch, or I'm going to have a sandwich. And there are situations where ice cream is a legit lunch. I will argue that case uh, in, in court if I have to. Ice cream is a legit lunch, but you have to decide that you're going to do it. Instead of having somebody hand you lunch and say, eat this, you've got to decide. But the third part is agency. Agency is your capacity to act. Agency is you going to the ice cream shop and buying ice cream. That's agency. And maybe you don't have agency. Maybe you don't have the freedom to go to the shop to buy the ice cream, to eat for the lunch. But you still have your decision making. You can still decide, I would have bought myself ice cream for lunch if I had the freedom to do that. But you still made a decision. And so there was a famous interview years ago with a dancer, a ballet dancer. Anybody studying dance? Anyone done dance? Give me a show of hands. Rock on. I studied ballet for five years. And then when I grew up, I couldn't dance like a normal human being. It was embarrassing. But it was an amazing education. So <laughs> there was a famous dancer who was interviewed on TV. And the interviewer said, why did you, why did you become a dancer in the first place? And she famously said, I wish I could remember her name, she's a famous dancer. She said, if I could speak it, I wouldn't need to dance it. One of the, one of the main reasons that people become artists <clears throat> in the sense that we normally use the word is because they find that the medium of their creativity, it could be sculpture or painting, dance, it could be architecture, whatever it is, permits them, it frees them to communicate in ways that were impossible just using words or writing things down. I would say that someone who raises a family intentionally is creative. Someone who founds a company, develops a new technology, designs engineering uh, blueprints, someone who intentionally creates an outcome that is a future that could not have existed if it wasn't for your input, your involvement, that is creativity. It comes down to how you connect with your friends. How do you connect with your friends? Do you choose the way that you talk to your friends or do you just rock up and be? If you're choosing the way that you relate to your friends, you will discover that you become a much better listener effortlessly because you can't decide how to talk to your friends if you weren't listening to them in the first place. Communication is a two-way thing. And by the way, on the subject of communication, before I breathe and let Serena ask another question, <laughs> it's the responsibility of the communicator to be understood. It's not the responsibility of the listener. The responsibility of the listener is to listen. 
it's up to you as a speaker to make sure that someone that you're communicating with has understood the meaning that you intended. Because 90% of philosophy, actually, I'd say, well, they say 90% of communication is nonverbal signals and emphasis and that sort of thing, context. But I would say that a massive part of your communication is what they call linguistics, which is the study of language. What language do you use and what do you mean by those words? And are you sure that your listener uses those words the same way? In Britain, we say Z. In America, you say Z. I've recorded 2,300 tutorials on post-production, filmmaking, technology, that kind of stuff. Most people don't see my face, so hello. <laughs> but I have to record what they're called audio patches, little, little replacements for the sound. Because when I'm speaking, I say things like, press control Z, uh, control Z or command Z. And then I have to re-record them all as Z. I literally record audio of me going Z, 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 control Z, control Z, control Z. <laughs> and then the editors have to replace all of those bits of audio where I said Z because we don't say it that way in the UK. Here's another crazy thing. You know, when you do quote marks and when it's speech, it's one mark on either side. We have it the other way around in the UK. It's super confused me why in America people would say things like, you know, I'm happy. And I would think, who are you? Like, what does that mean? Because in the UK, we only use one mark. That's how we say we're quoting. So now I would like to interject here, too, that everything you're talking about is applicable to filmmaking. Because yep. the more you know about the world, the more you understand who you are and who others around you are, the better you can be as a filmmaker, as a director, as a writer. Correct? A hundred percent. In fact, so here's a crazy thought for you. All the evidence suggests that the part of your brain, the part of your mind, the bit of you that has experiences does not differentiate. It can't really tell the difference very well between something that you're experiencing right now or something that you remember, witness, or dream, or imagine. So when you watch a movie and there's a character in that movie that you really empathize with, like you feel like you connect with that character, you're not just watching them have experiences Part of you is literally having that experience. If you want to Google this, there's a thing called mirror neurons, as in looking in a mirror, neurons as in, in your brain. Mirror neurons mean that you literally feel and experience what you witness in others. And so as a filmmaker, when you tell a story, whether it's a documentary or a fiction, provided your audience can believe in the story, and they can empathize, they feel an emotional connection with the character, you are literally giving them experiences. Isn't that powerful? That's why when there's an action sequence in a movie, your heart rate beats faster. And when you are looking at an emotional scene, you cry too. Guys, it's okay to cry in the cinema. It's more manly. <laughs> oh, Maxim. I wish we had all day with you. And uh, where can people go to learn more about you? Because I know that uh, they're going to want to continue continue this. And then Zach well, Arnold's in our waiting room, so I'm going to awesome. let him in in oh, just a moment. Heard. I'm actually going to have you guys say hi. Oh, okay. Um, but go ahead more, and more go ahead me. and <laughs> no, go ahead and tell us where you want people to go to learn more about okay, the, the conference so, or you. 
So first off, my name is a Google Wack. A Google Wack is something where if you search for it, there's literally only one in the world. There is only one Maxim Jago on earth. So if you Google Maxim Jago, you'll find my website, maximjago.com. You'll find all the everything. The uh, maximjago.com is my website. Uh, contact at maximjago.com is my email. And if you want to find out about the Creativity Conference, which I encourage you all to sign up for, you get access to the library afterwards for free. It's creativityconference.is, India Sierra. That's the Icelandic domain extension, totally free. And you can find out about what we're doing on there as well. And I've got one more dad joke for you. What time should you always go to the dentist? 2.30. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) That one's free. (laughs) So let me let you say hi. Zach is coming on. Hey. hey, hold Zach. on a second. You didn't tell me this guy was going to be here. Dude, nice haircut, by the way. We are so uh, on the same wavelength. Digital haircut. I left my green screen out, and uh, you'll see my spare room behind me. For I have to follow Maxim? Really? Okay. <laughs> Dude, the best I had was dad jokes. You, you can do better than that. Uh, you know, I'll, I love I'll you try. guys. I love both of you guys. I have great friends. Maxim, thank you, thank you, thank you. This has been You're awesome. Welcome. Amazing, and, uh, amazing to you, Zach. We should catch up. It's been, been a minute. Yeah. Yes, we should. Yeah. And so, uh, good luck to all of you guys. It's been really I, wonderful speaking with you, and have a have a great afternoon. And I will see you afternoon. during the conference. I'll see you during yes. the conference. All yes, right. Indeed. Thank you, Maxim. Serena? All right. Take Serena, care. Real quick. Yes. Oh, before Maxim oh. goes, uh, I just yeah. wanted to say thank you. I'm Steve Douglas. That one she Hello, was mentioning before. Uh, so pertinent. You have no idea what and how inspiring what you just said. We're going to go over the notes later. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we just oh, spent, gosh, the last six months working on this project. And then, uh, the last two weeks writing up, uh, what we thought was an episodic series turned into a pilot. And then last <laughs> night we cut 13 pages out of 50. Oh anyway, what you just said brought us back to exactly where we landed last night around our intent. What do we want to say and what is that process and how do you connect with people and share those stories? So you have no idea how pertinent and spot on that was. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you you so much for sharing. It's a privilege. Thank you. That must have been one heck of a dad joke, Maxim. What's that? I said that must have been one heck of a dad joke. Well, you know, all I can tell you is my my dad jokes are gold, right? I think everybody would agree. I don't doubt that. You know. (laughs) All right. Take care, you guys. All right. Bye. Thank you, Maxim. We'll talk soon. We've been talking with Maxim Jago and the students from Lake Forest High School in Lake Forest, Illinois, and their professor of media, Stephen Douglas. And you met Zach Arnold for just a moment at the end there. And stay tuned next time on OWC because we're going to bring the full interview with Zach Arnold talking about how to stay fit, how to survive the long work days, and in fact, don't work those long work days and lots of wonderful things to keep us happy and healthy. So next time on OWC Radio, we'll have Zach Arnold with us. And again, thank you so much for listening, and thank you over and over to our sponsor, OWC, Otherworld Computing, for allowing me to interview wonderful people like this. And we thank you for being with us. We'll see you again the next time. And remember what I always tell you, get up off your chair and go do something wonderful today. <laughs>